Hello, and welcome back to episode four of Crime Note. How is lockdown going, guys? <laughs> Don't know about you, but I have done absolutely nothing but nap since you last heard from me, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, it's January 2021, and that's what it is all about. <laughs> I've decided I'm hibernating. What I'm storing up my energy for, I literally have no fucking clue. But I'm alive, so, you know. If you haven't already, go and watch The Night Stalker on Netflix because, oh my god, it was literally like a Tiger King moment of, but wait, there's more. Like, I binged it in one sitting. Like, it was insane. My boyfriend even sat down and watched the last two episodes with me because he got sucked into it just from hearing it in the background. And he hates anything true crime or anything like that. So, yeah. Trust me, guys. Like, it's is incredible. Would recommend. And by the way, guys, has anyone seen the trailer for Songbird? I believe it's on Prime. But it's, like, about the year 2024 when COVID-23 has mutated and there's, like, isolation camps. Like, it looks insane! Like, I read the description before I watched the trailer and I was like, is this... Like, is this what our life is now? Like, is this what entertainment is? Just scaring the shit out of everyone? Like, oh my god, why are we doing this? But then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, actually, that looks really good. So let me know if you see it. I will probably end up watching it this week. I was going to watch it today because what else have I got to do? But it had like a guns and explosions. And if I see any movie that I want to watch that has any remote source of guns and explosions I have to save it for something to watch with my boyfriend because he refuses to watch anything else so yeah another recommendation I have to shout out is Soul on Disney plus oh my god if you haven't please go watch it like I think it's my new favorite (laughs) I heard everyone rave about it and I watched it actually a while ago and I think it was on New Year's Eve I watched it oh my god it just filled my heart with joy like it made me have a new look on like outlook on life and also preach to having black lead actors and storylines around black people and black culture because it's so long overdue and I'm all for seeing it especially on Disney where kids are watching that they're gonna grow up and feel included so yeah I could ramble on about this for ages um but yeah, we're not here to talk about movies or <laughs> anything, are we? But, you know, I'll recommend them every now and then. You guys responded super well to last week's episode, you sick, sick people. <laughs> there I was, worried that you were going to get disturbed by a dead baby chat. <laughs> but nope, you love it. Alas, as promised, I stayed away from children in our case today. So today's case was suggested to me by dear friend Maz. So thank you, Maz. You're a star. Before we get started on today's episode, I have to do my disclaimer. So, I do not intend any harm to the victim's families in this podcast. These cases are fully accessible online and information is free to the public. This podcast contains content that some viewers may find disturbing, with graphic talk of murder. 
And without further ado, welcome to the case of Molly McLaren. Molly was born in Kent in 1994 with her parents Joanne and Doug, who absolutely adored her. And you got it guys, this case is very recent and local here to the UK. Molly was, by all accounts, stunning. She really was a beautiful young girl who was studying her degree for sports and exercise in the University of Kent. From what I could find, growing up, Molly had struggled with an eating disorder, but managed to get herself into recovery before studying her degree. Because, lesson here people, once you have an eating disorder, you always have it. You are always in recovery. People described her as incredibly strong, taking on any challenge life would throw at her. And this is what helped her overcome it. As well as this, she was described as kind, a dedicated friend for life, and super intelligent. Despite how clearly wonderful she was, Molly struggled to see this herself. As we all know, is far too common. She suffered with thoughts of not feeling worthy, and often felt depressed. Which is truly heartbreaking to read, because... Clearly she was so, so loved, and such a wonderful person. As most young adults, Molly used social media a lot. She even had her own blog where she wrote about her struggles with anxiety, depression and eating in order to bring hope to others to break the stigma around mental health. At the age of 21, Molly decided this was the right time to start her degree. And by friends' accounts, she loved it. She enjoyed uni life with her friends and seemed to be thriving in her course. During the summer of 2016, she decided to download Tinder. And if you don't know what that is, you're very lucky. <laughs> we can all see where this is going. Has anyone out there actually got any success stories with Tinder? Because fuck me, I'm sure glad I don't have to be dealing with that anymore. Always a disaster in my books. And this is when Molly matched with Josh Stimson. Josh grew up in Stoke-on-Trent, near Birmingham, and was born in 1991. Unlike Molly, Josh's parents' relationship was rocky, and they ended up splitting. When they split, Josh moved to Rochester near Maidstone to live with his father. So that's quite a big move to me. Like, <laughs> England is one of those countries, though we're tiny and it's really not far to get anywhere, but every area is so different. So like, moving from the north to like, the south-east must feel like completely different worlds is that just me is that because i've been in pretty much like similar areas my whole life who knows josh found a job with a company called window plan and seemed to be by all accounts settling now this is where molly swiped right to josh they talked for three months prior to meeting up they really got to know each other and found that they had a common ground on fitness Josh even opened up to Molly about his anxieties and depression. Which, when you're young, like, that's big. That's really big. I know I've personally experienced, like, especially on Tinder, talking to someone. And then you, you know, you feel like you have to mention or bring up your struggles with depression. There's either two reactions. Well, three. The third being, you actually get a nice fucking human being. But the first is usually, like oh god no and they just completely ghost you or they're like super fucking weird about it and somehow turn it sexual 
creeps, I'm telling you, just creeps. Once they met up in person, they really hit it off. They instantly became really close and it wasn't long until they were officially a couple. And I think it's also really important to note that this is Molly's first real relationship. And it seemed by accounts that she'd wanted a relationship a little while, which is really understandable to think she may have been swept up in it all or even missed some red flags. But from as far as I can find, in the beginning, he seemed nice and caring. When Molly told her mother, Joanne, about this official relationship status, she also disclosed that Josh had bipolar disorder. I'm pretty sure we all know what bipolar disorder is, but I'm going to give you the actual definition. Bipolar disorder is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings. The main symptoms of bipolar disorder are episodes of extreme elation and severe depression that can last for several weeks. Now, this is super important to note right here before we go any further, that just because someone may suffer from mental health disorder as such does not mean that they are a bad person, that they are evil or that they are going to become murderers. And this is really, really an interesting case for me because I personally have borderline personality disorder, which essentially, by all accounts, is fairly similar to bipolar. Extreme highs and lows and difficulty regulating emotions. So anyway, just bear that in mind. Whenever you hear a true crime podcast or a TV show where the culprit has a mental health issue, like, of course, I'm sure that contributed to the murder or the crime but that does not mean you should basket all of the same people in that case. Anyway, Joanne was taken aback by this information. It very visibly unsettled her, but Molly asked her not to prejudge him, so Joanne apologised and agreed that he is a good person. Molly clearly felt very strongly about Josh and was happy to defend his corner, and this is really a tribute to her character that she was really open to all types of people and genuinely cared. Molly was certain that actually Josh was a good match for her and believed that they could help each other with their struggles. However, about four months into their relationship, around the beginning of 2017, things started to seem different. Molly's parents felt there was something off with Josh, but they couldn't quite pinpoint what it was. It was clear that Josh didn't have many friends, He never spoke of any and had a lot of spare time to himself. Josh was also part of a local football team. They often played matches on the weekend, but was always very adamant that he did not want Molly or her family to go watch these matches, which, by all accounts, is really weird. Like, think about it. Name me one person that you know that plays football that doesn't go on about it all the time. Like, or talk about their matches. Like... It seems strange to me. Like, everyone I know that plays football, they love talking about their matches. Like, they're super proud of it. So why wouldn't he want his girlfriend there? Molly confided in Joanne about this and was certain it was simply because Josh didn't want the other guys to be checking her out. And if you haven't guessed it by now, it starts to get more controlling. Josh started to show up randomly to Molly's house and if she was busy or had to study, he wasn't happy. He wanted her sole attention, and clearly just didn't care about what Molly wanted or needed. This made Molly feel a bit uncomfortable, and her parents picked up on it. I really feel for her parents at this point, because 
it's got to suck hasn't it just watching your child in a relationship that you believe could be harmful but what do you do at this point he's not hurt her I mean he's just showing red flags at the moment she's an adult it's not like she's a teenager like does she need to learn how to fight this on her own but you know by all accounts props to them for noticing the shift and being concerned in the first place now understandably as summer began to approach molly felt suffocated she missed her individuality and freedom that she had the year before josh and it seemed josh began to sense this and became more and more clingy towards molly this led molly struggling again with her anxiety and depression and started to push her into an unhealthy place in her mind josh's behavior became more and more noticeable to molly's family in the spring of 2017, Molly's aunt threw a big birthday party at a hotel. The whole family was there, but it was noted that Josh seemed irritable, and whenever Molly got up to dance, he would follow her, not leaving her side. Or he would just sit at the table and stare at her, giving her dirty looks, as if to tell her, stop having fun, come sit back down with me. Like, this has to be pretty obvious for people to pick up on it like especially your family like he must have made it pretty clear that he wanted her to himself as i mentioned this party was in a hotel so they had rooms to stay the night however in the middle of the night joanne had to go into molly and josh's room to try and calm down a big fight they were having josh was being extremely hostile and aggressive he had molly's phone in his hand screaming look at what she's done look at this Though from what I could find, there wasn't anything substantial on her phone. So to me, this clearly seems like Josh is overreacting and clearly being jealous over something extremely minor. Molly's family weren't the only ones to notice a shift. Molly's friends said that Molly seemed deflated, fed up and generally just not herself. By May 2017, Molly made the decision that she needed to break up with Josh. But she was scared of how he would react. She was really concerned for his welfare on top of this. So, she decided to put off the breakup for a little while. On June 17th, Molly went out to a bar with some friends to let loose and have a girly night out on town. And I guess you could have guessed this, but Josh showed up, uninvited. This was the final nail in the coffin, and Molly was fed up. She told him they're done, in front of everyone, and he needed to leave her alone. As you can imagine, Josh didn't take this well. He didn't leave her alone. He would constantly call, leave messages on her phone. He even went as far as to post lies about her on Facebook to spark nasty rumours. He was relentless. Luckily, Molly's family and friends knew this was all abusive behaviour and none of it was true. But this began to worry Molly. His behaviour was becoming more and more aggressive and she began to worry about her safety. On June 22nd, 2017, Molly and her mum went to the police station and told them everything about his recent abusive, harassing behaviour. The police simply advised Molly to block him on everything and said they would have a word. Which, of course, she and her family and friends complied to. Molly was a smart girl and began to collect all of the evidence of Josh's behaviour online to her so that she had proof. And on June 23rd, the police paid a visit to Josh where they explained to him that he needs to back off now and leave her alone. 
But of course, this doesn't work. By June 25th, he's still constantly posting online about Molly. Molly had even asked a male friend of hers to continue following him on social media to check whether he continued this behaviour. And this friend would report back to Molly with all of his posts. She continued to collect them and then went back to the police. This was June 25th when she called for the second time. They stated that the officer dealing with the case wasn't in for a couple of days and that they would get back to her. By June 27th, the police officer in question got the message and decided to contact Josh before contacting Molly, where he told Josh to stop posting online about Molly. The officer then contacted Molly to reassure her that he'd been spoken to and knew that he needed to back off. Though, as you can imagine, this didn't give Molly much comfort and she continued to become increasingly concerned about it all. On June 28th, Molly, along with her friends, decided to go on a night out to a restaurant called Ship and Trade. Molly posted on her Snapchat where the girls were going that night. Now remember that she had blocked him. But as it turns out, Josh was using another woman to keep track of Molly's social media, just so he could stalk her. And sure enough, Josh shows up. Molly was having none of it and decided to just leave straight away. On the morning of the 29th of June, around 10am, Molly decided to go to the gym. Molly often went to the gym and filmed her workout sessions. Like, that's pretty normal. Like, think about it. We all know people who go to the gym and, you know, post about it all the time. But even more so for someone who's studying sports and exercise. Clearly this is something that she's super passionate about. So she set off in the morning to go to the gym to film her next workout video. During this session, surprise, surprise, Josh shows up and he places his mat directly next to Molly's. And the CCTV footage is out there, guys, if you want to go and watch it. It is available pretty much anywhere if you type in Molly McLaren's name. But yeah, it's it's not cool. You see him walking up and down the stairs, kind of dawdling about, back and forth, almost psyching himself up to go in. And then once he's in there, he lays his mat next to her and just starts working out. She immediately gets up and is clearly like super uncomfortable with it. She backs away for a minute, gets on her phone, and then she goes up to him and says something. Obviously, it's CCTV footage, so audio is unavailable, but presumably she went to go say, like, what the fuck? And then she continues to do her workout. She contacts her friends and mum to let them know that he showed up. They tell her all to leave immediately, but she decides to wait until he leaves first. Like, of course, I'd probably do the exact same thing. She's probably thinking, well, he's only going to follow me if I leave now, so I might as well wait till he gets fed up and just leaves. But unfortunately, Josh didn't really leave. He was circling around the car park, just waiting for her to leave. He follows her out of the building to her car. She gets in, in an attempt to get away, but Josh begins to brutally attack her leaving her with over 70 slashes and stabs to her head and neck. A stranger actually witnessed this and attempted to help Molly. He jumped into the car and tried to pull Josh off of her, screaming for help, begging for Josh to get the fuck off her, screaming that he's killing her. But Josh was covered in Molly's blood and this heroic stranger just couldn't get a hold of him. By the time police arrived, Josh was very compliant with the police, calmly saying, I'm the one you're after. 
but tragically, it was too late for Molly. She died at the scene. And because of the nature of this murder, news spread fast. Molly's friends and family found out about it, online, before police had a chance to tell them. During the trial, Josh claimed diminished responsibility. He stated that he couldn't remember a thing. Now, this is a tricky one, because by claiming diminished responsibility, he could lessen his charge, from first-degree murder to manslaughter, which obviously would lead to a lighter sentencing. So, the trial obviously ended up being boiled down to proving whether this murder was premeditated or just a spur-of-the-moment lapse in sanity. Two of Josh's ex-girlfriends testified against him, explaining they went through similar experiences when dating Josh, one of them he'd only dated for three weeks. They both stated that he was controlling, manipulative and often stalked them. One of these girlfriends had even reported Josh to the police after he slashed the tyres of her mother's car. The police did nothing with this information as there wasn't enough evidence to prove he did this, despite the evidence of his harassment to her. Yeah, sure, makes sense, doesn't it? The third woman to take the stand was Amy Scott. Amy was not an ex-girlfriend, but she was the person leaking information about Molly to Josh. This is the person solely responsible for Josh continuing to stalk her after he was blocked. Reports say that she oozed confidence in court, almost seeming proud that she had any part to play in this case. And I really, really questioned whether I should include her name in this podcast. But then I thought, you know what? This is what you deserve. What a dickhead. Like, Just imagine if she hadn't have leaked that information. Molly could still be alive today. I really hope that she just feels horrendously guilty for the rest of her life. Honestly, it's so... Like, how does she not get away with, like, assisting or something? I don't know. It also came to light that three days prior to the murder, CCTV footage shows Josh buying the knife that he murdered Molly with. Like, how was this not premeditated, Josh? Please, enlighten us, because we're not fucking buying it. During his time in custody, Josh spent time in the hospital in Maidenhead, where he was evaluated by a psychiatric professional. As it turns out, Josh never had bipolar disorder, and instead was diagnosed with, yep, you guessed it, borderline personality disorder, with his biggest trigger being fear of abandonment. This is extremely common with BPD and seems to be the underlying factor, despite everyone experiencing the disorder differently. This psychiatric professional took to the stand as a neutral party during the trial and explained the ins and outs of Josh's disorder. It was here that he stated that Josh was not in a well mental state during the attack, however, this would not lead him to being unaware of the attack and unaware of his actions. This psychiatrist also stated that Josh is a narcissist that struggles to relate to other people's emotions, unable to read situations, and leaves him with a sense of entitlement. This trial lasted two weeks, and finally, on February 6th, 2018, the jury came back after three hours of deliberation, and they came back with a verdict of guilty. Josh received a life sentence with a minimum of 25 years, which, can we just say, 
a fucking men. Like, how often is it that a sentence just isn't long enough? Th- don't get me wrong, this sentence could be far longer. Like, it should be a minimum of, like, 40 years. But at least, at least he will spend 25 years behind bars, which is some result. Molly's parents went on to receive Molly's degree in the summer of 2018. They were guests of honour and went up at Rochester Cathedral where they received her degree on her behalf. Which is honestly super sweet that they got that moment. Like, Molly worked so hard for her degree, so they must have been so proud to receive that. But so heartbroken at the same time having to go up in front of her whole university. As well as this, Molly's friends and family have started the Molly McLaren Foundation, dedicated to people who struggled with eating disorders. I'm going to put the link below in the episode description to this foundation because, yeah, good on these guys for doing this. Molly clearly felt the need to help people going through similar situations with their blog, so this probably would have made her really, really proud. They also set up Molly Fest, which seems to be like a really sweet music festival to raise funds for the foundation, for charities, which by all accounts, it looked like Molly would have loved too. And there we have it, guys. That was the case of Molly McLaren. Like I said, I will link the Molly Foundation in the episode description below, so make sure you check that out as well. I really hope that if anything comes from this, it will bring some awareness to the dangers of online dating. I honestly believe there needs to be more vetting around it, but I mean... It's 2021. Like, more than ever, we live in a world full of technology. Like, we literally can't see people face to face. So what are you going to do? This case was really interesting for me as, you know, I'm someone who lives with borderline personality disorder. Like, the same disorder that the perpetrator has. So it's really important to me to raise awareness of this. You know, people often prejudge that means that you're a bad person or you're more likely to commit murder. And that is just not the case. Like, look at me, I I literally couldn't hurt a fly. I don't kill spiders. <laughs> like, So it's interesting to cover cases like this just to show you how different each individual person is. Put me in a room, for example, with 10 people who have the same disorder as me, but we will all present so differently in so many ways. So please bear that in mind whenever you hear, you know, a case where mental health issues are involved, that doesn't define the person it may contribute to their personality or their set behaviors but like that's not their be all and end all so as i'm recording this on wednesday and this is the day that trump is finally out goodbye adios ciao you piece of shit so as i took this as a proud day for america let's have a look at five random laws that are still present in america today number one in arizona it is illegal for a donkey to be asleep in a bathtub. (laughs) Like, I tried to research why, and apparently it comes from, like, a town where they had to spend hours rescuing a donkey from a bathtub. But, like, what are they going to do? Arrest it? (laughs) But, you know, note that it is allowed to be in a bathtub, just not be asleep in one. So, you know, watch out when bathing your donkeys, guys. Number two. In Indiana, it is illegal to ride a horse above 10 miles per hour. Look, I don't know if you guys have ever ridden a horse, but I swear to God, I just cantered on one before, and it was literally the 
fastest thing that I have ever experienced. Like, it scared the shit out of me, which is saying a lot, you know, considering the way that my boyfriend drives. <laughs> Sorry, Monty. I need to, like, drag you through the dirt. Number three. In Louisiana, it is illegal to send a surprise pizza. Like, is this a thing? Like, have you guys ever received a surprise pizza from someone? Because clearly, friends, if you're listening, you need to step up. (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking. (laughs) But apparently, this is considered harassment in Louisiana. Number four. In Montana, it is illegal to give a rat a present. But my question is, what if it's the rat's birthday? Honestly, America, you baffle me. You absolutely baffle me. And number five, last but not least, in New Jersey, it is illegal to wear a bulletproof vest whilst committing a crime. This was brought in in 1999. What? (laughs) Like, it's pretty obvious, you know, this is so that the police can actually shoot you to stop you doing the crime that you're committing. That's America, isn't it? In a nutshell. So there you have it guys, this was episode 4 for you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, which, you know, seems weird saying that, really, when we're talking about such horrible crimes and murders, but we're all here because we find it interesting and fascinating, right? So it's fine. Like always, please don't hesitate to get in touch, I'm really loving the feedback you guys are giving me, you're so, so lovely, and stay safe guys, we're nearly through January, we can see the end of January in sight and that's a big, big step. It's a really, really rough month. Like, we had Blue Monday this week, and I definitely felt it even though I wasn't working. Like, So my DMs are always open if you need to talk. And as always, catch you next time. Bye. Don't be afraid. Come with me. <laughs>